Hey, thanks for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to hear more and help support the show, you can head to patreon.com slash zero brightness or find links to all our socials at zerobrightness.com. All right, we're back. Elden Ring, episode two. Uh, we've had a lot more time to play Elden Ring. It's true. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I've played the game like one and a half times now. You are in the late game of your first play, right? I am in the late game. I have had some time to play Elden Ring, some more time to play Elden Ring, but I am still in the late game. Right. Yes. Well, that's cool. But I mean, the whole point of doing yeah. another one of these episodes was that we held off on talking about a lot of stuff in detail in the first episode um, because, you know, we, we talked about it, but we weren't sure what people consider spoilers. And I guess it was overall just supposed to be kind of like our impressions on the game for people who were playing it or who were had yet to play it. So now we can just say whatever we want. So I, I assembled a few topics for us to talk about and discuss in terms of Elden Ring and uh, get some more thoughts down about the game. Because, like, you know, personally, it's a game that I've spent, like, 130 hours playing. Uh, I have thought about it even more. <laughs> like, when I'm not playing it, like, I fucking love it. And, yeah, I think I, if I'm spending that much time with it, I'm going to make two episodes about it. And, uh, yeah, I have not hit that mark, um, but, yeah, I think about it. It's it's amazing. I'm looking forward to uh, beating it. And, uh, yeah, when I looked outside and saw a, like, four-foot snake coming out of the bottom of my shed, all I could think about was one thing. Thanks, Elden Ring. <laughs> well, that's alarming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. But uh, I moved to a new place. Uh, I guess that's just... Uh, I guess that's just how it goes here. Wait, did you did you move to the place with a snake or away from the place with a snake? I moved uh, in the last year. I moved to a, a new state uh, and maybe getting acclimated to some of the wildlife here that was not uh, in my previous home of Washington D.C., right. which uh, I guess involves very large snakes. Yeah, sometimes. So. That was cool. Yeah. So you do um, need to learn how to dodge yeah. roll. <laughs> yes. Um, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, sick. There you go. This is, um, this is dodge roll country for sure. <laughs> Dude, I kind of dodge rolled the other day because I was going into a I was going into a grocery store that has a really shitty entrance. It's like the entrance and the exit both go to the same vestibule, so you're always kind of like running into people. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And like, as I was entering, uh, one of the employees was like pushing this gigantic pile of carts like super fast. And like, I just kind of like dodged out of the way. And I was like, dude, I think I just did a dodge roll out of the way of that, basically. So thank you. Maybe, that, maybe they'll include cart. They'll include cart guy in any DLC. <laughs> I mean, I feel like uh, the wheel. Lindell Mart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wheel guys are kind of the carts already. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, everyone's favorite wheel guys uh, from Dark Souls. Dark Souls Two, I think, has the most egregious wheel guy abuse in it. Um, personally, but shout out wheel guys. Shout out to the wheel Keep guys. Rolling. 
I do in Dark Souls 2 there's a boss where there's like a bunch of wheel guys and that was it was yes it was so terrifying so I was like oh my god this is gonna suck but actually not a very hard boss you just dodge a lot so yeah but, but I, I remember that boss fondly where I was like this, this is it that's all it is and then I got hit with like three wheel guys and I was like, yeah oh. oh okay actually now that they, I think about they, it they, and people say this is a bad game yeah. they haven't lost a step yeah, I think also Dark Souls Two is a great game. Dark Souls, oh yes, yes, that's uh, that's a good, another conversation completely. But uh, yeah, sure. you know, I think that actually every one of these games has some sort of like area with like really aggressive wheel guys. Because I think Elden Ring even had some wheel guys, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. Well, I mean, there's the uh, oh, what are they called? The little alien guys. Like there's there's a section with a bunch of wheel guys. Right. Were they like cartwheel? Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's wheel guys. Under underrated wheel guys. Yeah, for sure. These guys are cool. Wheel guys in general, just underrated. Let me know what you for think sure. in the comments, gamers. Uh, anyway, get us up in the Discord where we start the wheel guy channel. Yeah, a new channel wheel guy. Post guys. your favorite wheel guy here. If you post the movie Rubber, you get banned. <laughs> oh my god, dude. The boss of Wheel Guys. Rubber. Holy shit. Oh god. Uh, okay, so the first question, the first thing I want to talk about was what did you think of, the, right. uh, of the rest of the game? Because I think we were both like, I want to say halfway through the game when we did that other episode. I think when I did the other episode, I was on... I was still trying to beat Radon, I think. Or I had just beaten Radon. But you, you did Radon pretty early, though. I think I did. Yeah. Um, because part of... I think part of my experience with playing it, not to derail, is I've been playing it like every other FromSoft game. Uh-huh. Like, I'll be, I'll be in a spot and I'll be like, oh, wait, I could totally respec on this. Right. And then I, like, forget about it. Um, but yeah, so it was like, okay, that's the next big boss. So I'm going to go do the next big boss. Um, so that's where I was. And I think for the most part, um, the rest of the game was really cool. Like the, the Altus plateau is cool. Uh, the volcano was awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of up to the point where I am now, which I, we're, we've done the spoiler thing. It's fine. Um, right. I can either fight uh, Malaketh or I, I could fight uh, Melania, uh, right. which is a great place to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think there's been one or two kind of late game areas, like like thinking about like the consecrated snowfield. And my understanding is that this isn't really a hot take where they don't quite feel as full as the others. Yeah. Um, but I think there's some really cool stuff in the late game. Um, that I've been enjoying quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say for me, the, the rest of Elden Ring overall, I really loved it. I think that the rest of like the main game before you get to like the end game or the late game, I think is like genius. Like, I just think it's like the best thing from soft has ever done. I will say that the late game, I did not like as much and I definitely had some issues with the late game. I think that the spike in difficulty is pretty ridiculous. 
Um, and I also think that some of the bosses are designed really weird. Like the whole game up until that point has been very, very like forgiving to different builds and play styles. And the whole thing is basically just like, Hey, play however you want to play. It's cool. And then suddenly in the end game, it's like, well, if you, if you don't have a ranged attack, you are fucked. And like, the only way I even got through a lot of those bosses was that I went back and I did a lot of grinding and I talked to my nephew a lot, shout out. Um, and like, he helped me a lot with just like, Oh, try this summon or try this item or whatever. And like, I don't know. Part of that was cool because it made me really, really engage with the games, uh, systems a lot. And so like, I guess like the end was really annoying and tough for me because I had been playing it just like a FromSoft game, any other game I'd been playing it like dark souls up until that point. And then at that point it was like, Oh no, I need to actually have like points into mind so I can use summons and like, no, I need to use different armor and weapons because like, I need to have like a totally different loadout so I don't, you know, so I can still like fast roll or like whatever. Uh, and like, I don't know. It, it was really interesting. Like part of it I found very frustrating and not fun. And then parts of it, I was like, this is actually really cool because I'm engaging with the game's systems, you know? So I'm kind of like yes. mixed on yeah. it. I'm kind of mixed on it, I guess. Yeah. And um, like I, even though I'm, I'm not, I have not beaten this game yet. Yes, gamers, it's true. Um, <laughs> when you say end game, are you referring to past a point that I am in? Because I, I kind of know the deal. I haven't done it, but I know the deal. Well, okay. He, there's an interesting structural thing with this game, and this is maybe something too that I don't love about the late game. But okay, so like in Elden Ring, there's like you might say like four big points in the quest where things either open up and at the end close off so like the first one is when you beat Stormvale castle that's like okay you can go to the rest of the world right Mm -hmm. the next one is when you beat uh renala because then you have access to respecking and it's basically okay now you can use every mechanic in the game um and then the next one is when you beat the fire giant uh because at that point it's like okay now you're entering the end game if you want to where you like uh is that you break the elden ring or you burn the elden ring or something you burn somebody uh you burn the tree <laughs> you burn the you tree start the tree on fire that's yeah. what it is i was like uh, it's kind of like lord of the rings i can't really remember uh, yeah same thing not really but you know don't come at me yeah yeah i'm clearly very invested in this but uh yeah so you you yes. burn the tree and then you get warped to crumbling ferrum azala and like that's yep. what i call the end game because at that point gotcha. once you burn the tree there's a bunch of stuff you can't do anymore there's a bunch of side quests and stuff like that that are off the table the game really closes off and i guess what i thought was interesting about that part was that it's not completely closed off like because you can still do a lot of side quests there's still a lot of side stuff to do but i guess that like i didn't fully understand like how many things would be taken off the table once i did that and i really regretted doing that without like googling it and that was the only time i felt that way in the whole game 
And like, that's the thing that I've talked about before that like, that's a thing I hated about my first play of Dark Souls. It's why I just came down so hard on that game. And I was like, I hate this initially because it's like, I hated that feeling of like, I could make the wrong choice. And if I didn't like Google it, I would fuck myself. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's how I felt about burning the tree because then like a bunch of stuff is off the table. There's a bunch of stuff you can't do. The game has this like really dour feel like it goes from like kind of depressing to like full on like you're in the apocalypse and then it also gets really hard and so like I don't know I felt that it was just kind of a bummer and like it would have been better to experience that for a few hours rather than like 20 or however long it took me to like beat all those bosses because after that it's like all the hardest bosses in the game and the last boss if you're a strength build is like so obscenely hard you know yeah so we're, we're talking about like after you burn um, the tree yeah okay the vibe i get from this game and it's not the first time it's happened um i believe i said the same thing about the original dark souls is that fromsoft sometimes likes to do this thing where the game like pivots at the end and having played like what yep. like having played bloodborne and kind of experienced the transition from the main game to the dlc i feel like sometimes they just do that in their main games where they're like oh we just put the dlc in the main game so like kind of the same thing that you told me um about dark souls where you're like oh yeah once you beat um uh siegfried and roy like you've basically beaten the main part of the game and if you want to hang around and do the rest of it that's fine but you're not really missing that much which was like the most like primo advice about like dark souls uh yeah i would almost say the same thing about this game where it's like after you beat the fire giant you have beaten the main part of the game and like yeah if you're like me and you're obsessed with it you're going to hang around and you're going to beat the rest of it but like it does get pretty like punishing and like not as open and and fun as the rest of the game um so yeah i I don't know i mean yeah because i mean uh, yes like there is like with dark souls one like beating hughes and kenner is like a big (laughs) thing and like that's a really good boss but the rest of the game doesn't quite add up and I think Fire Giant could be a good endpoint, but I wish it was a better boss because I thought the Fire Giant was kind of a pushover, personally. Really? That's mm-hmm. in- interesting. I thought I thought Fire Giant was pretty tough. Um, I'm not very good on the horse, so I I had mm. a fair amount of trouble with him. But I I liked it because it was it was hard, but it was doable. And it was mechanically different because it was like a horseback fight that felt more like a normal boss fight. But it also wasn't so mechanically yeah. different that you were like angry, like, oh, now I have to know how to do this. It was like, for me, it was like, oh shit, man, I'm kind of terrible at the horse, but I'll do this. Like, I'll figure this out, <laughs> you know? And like, I, yeah. I, I like that boss a lot. And the sense of scale was really cool. Like, compared to the actual last boss oh, of the it's- game, it's. He, the like I thought the fire giant was way cooler. I think it's a cool boss. I just like it was fun. Um, fire giant looks cool. Everything you said was was on point. I just don't think it doesn't feel like an end game boss to me. Sure. So like replacing it with something cooler or like I don't know the 
three guard whatever comes down at the end and like that's the final boss like that would that would be cool too right yeah for sure yeah i mean it's just like it's a very long game <laughs> and i think that yes yes so, it is <laughs> i think that towards the end there is just like a little bit of a uh, little bit of fatigue that sets in um one thing i will say about the end game uh i do feel that the dungeons in the end game are fucking rad and like i really love them and i was really impressed that like like when you play stormvale the first you know they call i guess they're called legacy dungeons like uh, i'm just gonna call them dungeons like the first dungeon that you do yes sir it's so good like stormvale is so good and you're Mm -hmm. just like stormvale is awesome and you're just like how the hell are they gonna keep doing it this well throughout the game and they do somehow and so like even though i'm not in love with yes. like the bosses at, like at the end game like i thought that like like um ferrum azala is like super sick uh the halig tree is like super sick love both of those even just like the royal capital was amazing yeah it's so cool like that might royal capital might be my favorite one yeah because there's so much shit in there and yeah it's designed well it's gorgeous the enemies are spaced out well like it's it's great yeah for sure yeah royal capital was super cool because it felt very unique to elden ring because of its size and scale but yes. also mm-hmm. felt kind of like an apology for um Oh, what's the place in Dark Souls? The place where you fight Hughes and Kettner? Uh, I believe it's Anorlando. Yes, Anorlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Royal Capital felt mm-hmm. like an apology for Anorlando. Like, yeah, they, they like, act- here's the rest, asshole. There, <laughs> we did it. Like, yeah, and it, it's not the first time they've done that. Like, there's an area in Dark Souls Two that is very reminiscent of Anorlando, but just like not the most annoying thing you've ever played. But this time, it was like, okay, we actually made like the glistening white and gold city on the hill you know that you can go and explore except it's actually fun and it's actually like beautiful and breathtaking like the first time you go to anorlando it is like breathtaking and then after you just get like you know after you fall off a a tiny ledge for the thousandth time you're just like fuck this place but like i felt like with the royal capital the sense of wonder never really let up and the bosses you fight there are just really awesome and impressive yes and yeah just coming out of the little doorway from the uh first bonfire um just like holy shit like can i go to all this and the answer is yes yes you can and it's it's going to be fun the whole time yeah for sure well it's also cool too how like well i think one thing i love about the royal capital as well is that it's not just like a big place it actually has other areas connected to it so Mm -hmm. like like there's a whole subterranean area that's almost like two areas that's mostly optional love that Um, one too yeah it's like the first sewer level i'll probably ever say is like really good (laughs) you know which is like Mm -hmm. you know 40 years into video games that's like pretty nuts um (laughs) they did it they finally did it um yeah like that's just such a such a good area and yeah if you've been playing these games you can see how like all these other design elements and ideas have led up to it 
I think too, that's like part of the reason yeah. why I I wasn't as impressed with the late game is that like like okay, in Landell, the Royal Capital, a lot of the ideas that appear in the late game appear in the Royal Capital first. So like to get in there you have to fight a super difficult tree sentinel boss. Uh, and it's thing. like fuck that thing yeah, yeah. He's not a fan yeah and it's like really hard but it's really fun and eventually you get past it and then like you know at the end of it there's like a boss that has like multiple forms and it's very dramatic and you do all that and then when you get to the late game like to get into Malekith you have to fight another tree sentinel except it's more way more powerful and you don't have a horse and then you get into malekith and it's another like two-stage dramatic boss with a cutscene in the middle and all shit and it's just like huh i feel like i already did this but in the royal capital it was super super cool and here it's just kind of like okay you know so yeah like i just got to malekith um and that's that tree sentinel like i've just ran past it because like fuck that yeah um but i have uh done a little bit of the summoning pool against it and of course that is a spot where you get invaded every time you do a summoning pool right um i came i came ready to do this podcast saying like how positive i see the multiplayer community on this one um versus some other games um and that being really cool but then i run into that and I mean, those are the breaks. That's how it goes. I should get, I should get good. Like <laughs> I understand, but, um, yeah, like I, I, like I, we got invaded immediately. It was like, Oh, of course, like there it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, going back to that point. Yes. I've done that already. Um, the, that level is awesome. Like I really like Faramazla. I like the design. I like the aesthetic. Um, it's really cool. But yeah, there are those moments where it's like, I've, I've done this yeah. or when in a few cases where a boss is repeated and not really in my view, in like a chalice dungeon way, like bloodborne, it's like, Oh, okay. This got it. Cool. Yeah. Well, and that, and that's, that's definitely part of it. And I think it's kind of funny though, that like, it seems like a lot of people, a lot of players actually like that. Cause like in this area and okay, prepare for, I guess, massive hot take, but like in this area, I thought that Malekith was kind of like, eh, whatever. And like that tree sentinel before him is just like, this is dumb. This is just bad design. Cause like, yeah, you can, re- you can run past it if you want to solo Malekith, but if you want to summon people, you have to kill it. Um, basically like yes because otherwise like your your partner is like always gonna die and so that's why i was just like whatever i'm just gonna grind it out and kill it and then i can like summon people but um i thought the godskin duo was actually a really good boss fight because like they give you a summon an npc hey, okay yeah and i know this sure. is a massive hot take i guess but like the way that i beat it is like you can do an npc summon and then if i'm remembering correctly uh you can still summon like a uh, ash spirit, right? When you have an NPC or no, I don't remember. Yeah. I just remember I had three people there. So I either had a real person and an NPC or I had an NPC and like my mimic or something. I think that's what I did, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong <laughs> about that. But like 
That made that fight so fun, because obviously it's a tough fight. It's two guys. They can regenerate. They have, like, one health pool, but they can, like, yeah, regenerate if you kill one of them. But because of that regenerating mechanic, it had a really unique, like, sense of timing and flow to the fight. It was a really weird and different fight. I had never seen anything like that in a Souls game. And, like... I just thought it was a lot of fun and it was super interesting and different. It's in a really weird place within the area. It's like in the center of the area, which you don't expect. Like you're kind of working your way down through this crumbling castle and then you get to like the hold in the center and there's like a boss. And usually in these games, that's where there would just be like a treasure chest and like a fucking save point or some shit. Um, so it was like kind of surprising the first time you see it. I just thought that was really cool. And then when I got to Malekith, I was like, this is more like predictable. Like I don't... I don't like this as much um but yeah i don't know i guess people have the opposite opinion where they hate the godskin duo and they think malekith is like a cool fight or something so so i'm wrong <laughs> i don't know if you are i mean i'm not the biggest uh, godskin duo enjoyer uh over here i i did kind of enjoy because like i knew they were out there right i was like oh i like i didn't even realize it was a a required boss i was like oh there's probably some dungeon where there's there's two of those things i don't like fighting one of them i don't know and i just kind of like turned the corner and there they were i was like oh oh good good job from soft i'm gonna die now so it was it was yeah that, that aspect of it was kind of fun and if i didn't hate the which is the bigger one the godskin noble so yeah. much i probably would enjoy it more than i did but uh yeah it felt really good to kill them and that was that was great yeah. so shout out godskin duo um you suck but good <laughs> job another thing i like about the late game is that even though they gate off a lot of side quests and things that were open to you before you burn the tree, I thought it was cool that they still left a lot open. So like, I beat the fire giant pretty early and I was like way under leveled and I needed to go do other stuff. And I was like a little bummed that certain things were gone, but it was also really cool that I was able to go, you know, still check out a lot of like, side quests and areas and there were like two or three whole dungeons that were still open to me and so i think that even though the design gets a lot more punishing in the late game the design philosophy doesn't change where it's like you can still go and do other shit if you're stuck and i felt that that was really nice like the only time i felt stuck was at the end of the game when i was at the last boss because like I got past the first phase after respecking and doing all this crazy shit and I was stuck on the second phase and it was just so fucking hard and I just wanted the game to be over because I wanted to restart the game like not do a new game plus but I was just like I've played this for so long as a strength build I just need to like beat this and roll credits so I can start over um that at that point I got kind of stuck and I think that was probably like my least positive experience with Elden Ring was just like being stuck at the last boss you know that's not yeah that sounds terrible I mean who (laughs) wants I mean that kind of sucks like you you do the whole game I mean it sounds like you like it that's cool but like that's not how that should end yeah like I just want to get this shit over with is not good yeah and when I get there uh, we'll see if the well's been poisoned or if I feel differently or whatever. But yeah, that's not that's not fun. Um, yeah, 
in terms of in terms of locked off stuff because like i don't think i've hit that point yet right and i mean it's spoilers i don't care if you're still listening to this and you're concerned with spoilers um the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> stop um, please stop stop too much too far <laughs> um what was like the thing like what was something you wanted to do that got locked off well, so there's a bunch of like um, NPC quest lines, uh, yeah, and the, basically those all get turned off. Um, and okay, it was see, and this is kind of like this is like a mechanical issue, right? Because like the way that I was yes. playing the game, so I've said before, I was like a barbarian. It was just all strength all the time, giant sword, having a great time swinging my giant sword, blah blah blah, and. So I, <laughs> hell yeah, uh, hell yeah, dude, hell yeah, dude. And so I was kind of playing the whole game pretty like simply or like minimalistically, where I was like, okay, I just want to use the things I think are cool. I don't want to dive in too deep, like blah blah blah. And so there was like one big NPC quest line, the Ranny quest line that I did start to finish. Cause that one, oh, seemed, yes. that one seemed the yep. coolest. I think I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fan of that one. And like, you know, the whole, the thing with these quest lines is that they're really cool. Not just because they have interesting story parts and you get to meet NPCs and there's dialogue, but because they open up whole new areas that have boss fights and dungeons and mini dungeons. And so like, there's really a lot of the game that's actually locked behind these. And also if you're trying to respect your character or like try out different things, there are certain like items or summons that are locked behind these quest lines. And so when I burned the tree and I got through the end game and got to the last boss, that was when I started really experimenting with the mechanics more and like actually getting a, a pool of MP yeah. and like all that kind of stuff. And then I was looking up like, okay, what thing would help me if I wanted to try this playstyle? And a lot of it was stuff that I had gated off by burning the tree. And that was a big bummer. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. That was a big bummer. And then also just like the general vibe. Like when you burn the tree, everybody fucking dies and it's just like a bummer. And so it was just kind of a weird thing to be like, I felt like I was stuck there when it was like, Oh, I intended to be here for a very short amount of time. And like I said, now I'm stuck here for like 20 hours. That, that is kind of a bummer to yeah. me, you know? So that that was the thing and and just the fact that i did need to like respec and stuff like i said earlier that was like also kind of a bummer but also kind of mechanically interesting it also like i think that one thing that i have a weird sort of relationship with about this game is that like when i was playing it for most of the game i was like everything you read online is wrong like people are full of shit like blah 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 because everyone's telling you to do it this way and i'm not doing it that way and it's fine but then when you get to the end game it was like oh my god everyone on the internet was right i'm an idiot this sucks and that was like not a great feeling and especially like i restarted the game with a dex int build and like it's like easy mode. okay it was like I had been playing the game on extra hard mode and now it's like so fucking easy. And it was just like, holy shit, dude. Like, it's weird that like all that shit I've been reading that I've just been like, fuck this, it's not real. It's like, oh, it kind of is real in this game. Like, oh, it's real. If you, yeah. 
yeah yeah like if you play the game certain ways it is a lot easier and it is a lot breezier and then like especially i'm curious on this playthrough to like get to the end game and see what that's like because like like i said it was pretty punishing my first go around but now it's like yeah i'm just like i'm a spellcaster i can do a lot of damage really fast with a sword i have a bunch of cool summons like i know what not to do and it's like oh dude you know it's it's a lot easier and so that that's kind of like a kind of a weird thing like i said it's it's cool because like the game is meant to be played in like a very in-depth way you're supposed to really explore these mechanics which is cool but i also enjoyed the first you know 80% of the game where you could just do whatever you wanted and not get punished for it. So, well, uh, that's the build that I have. So we'll see how the, uh, final chunk, uh, goes for me. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, yeah, that's why I was kind of thinking like, am I playing this wrong? Because it's just gotten kind of boring yeah. and now I just want to respec and, and, get the big sword and be like should i finish the game like this should i just like throw away like everything that i'm <laughs> playing and just do this and i'm kind of tempted to uh because i can and it sounds fun so we'll see because yeah shout out moonvale katana it's uh really fun but it's gotten really old and I might want to try something else out at the end of the game yeah so yeah we'll it's also like i think that people have been really into the idea that you can respec and like do exactly what you're describing. And that is cool. But like, to me, I even tried it a little bit, like, cause I had so many of the respec beans. I just didn't even know what to do with them. And so I was like, well, let me just try. And if I don't like it, I'll switch back. Um, and I don't know. It just was not appealing. Like it was really weird to completely change everything. Cause then once I did, it was like, Oh, actually it's not just a one and done transaction. Like I needed to go grind now and I need to go find, you know, the right armor and like the right, you know, weapons and stuff. And like, Oh, I need to go get this spell and this spell. And it was just like, I, I started to realize like that's a lot more unfun gameplay added to what has mostly been like very fun gameplay so yeah Mm -hmm. when i just like beat the game and restarted it uh as like a different build i was having way more fun and like i think to me i really do like that progression journey like i really enjoy just like going from you know zero to 100 and feeling that like oh the things that i've been working on and practicing I'm getting better at and I'm getting like, you know, more powerful in that way. Cause you also do change your approach and you change your play style as you play. That kind of happens naturally. So yeah, you always, for sure. yeah, for sure. Like you always get a little bit of that. So it's like having, you know, the whole like hard respect thing. I didn't really love it. Like I get that the people who are like super deep into the mechanics of these games um, and have like YouTube channels about it or whatever, like love this shit. Cause they're like, Oh, I respect eight times oh, yeah. in one playthrough and I tried every weapon and it's like, that's very cool. And I'm glad that people enjoy that, but I, that's not what I enjoy about these games at all. Yeah, dude, I can make like eight contents about this, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because like I have this giant sword with like wriggling body parts on it and I want to try uh-huh. it. Like maybe that's it. But yeah, maybe maybe I'm being like a weird like lore dog about it. But yeah, like what you said about like the progression being off 
kind of kept me from doing it the last time I, I turned it on. Cause it's like, yeah, like you start out, like I picked the, I picked the prisoner. Like you're, you're just this dude in a big helmet with a little, little poker. And now I'm at this point and I can do all this cool stuff. And it feels weird to just be like, Oh, I could just turn all of this off and change everything immediately at the end of the game. Like it just, I'm tempted, but it, it just feels wrong, you know? For sure. And the one thing I did end up doing was respec so that I had to put points in the mind so I could fuck with summons. And then I went around just like, because I had the mimic mm-hmm. like fully leveled. But I was like, let me let me get like a couple yeah. other cool summons um, and like fully max them out and see how that goes. And that was really fun. Uh, so that was, a, that was like a good example of that where it's like, I didn't fully respec, but I just had to like, pull some other points and engage with this new mechanic of the game, which was like the summons. And that was even cool because it shows you how flexible a lot of the mechanics are. So like, you know, like I didn't really need much decks. I think I needed like 14 or something to use my sword. Uh, And so because I was like strength, like 70 or whatever. So it's like, oh, I don't need dexterity. Hell yeah. Uh, but what I ended up doing just to save some time and not have to grind levels was like, you know, I dropped my decks down to the starting value and then I equipped like a charm that gave me plus five decks. And so I was like, and I had a ton of charms like that by the end of the game. So I could like juggle different things where it's like, oh, I can drop my charm that gives me extra health so I could do this other thing and then I can like move my specs around a little bit or you know whatever so that actually did kind of make the last boss like the the, doing the runs over and over kind of fun because I could just like I could change my stats by moving gear around and moving charms around which is not really something that you can do a lot in other souls games like you know infamously in bloodborne you know people call it fashion souls because the armor does nothing you know and and so it's like you know this this game is the exact opposite where like your equipment including the charms and stuff can actually drastically change your loadout and playstyle, which is very cool the other thing too is that just i have a shitload of all of that stuff and it's like oh i i'm not spec to even try half of this yeah but I could just do it in new game plus. It's fine. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's weird. It's a push and a pull. Like it's a great game. The mechanics are just spot on. They're so good. But in the late game, there is some frustrating stuff for people who have a certain play style or who use certain builds. And yeah, I think you just kind of have to accept that. Uh, and just fucking, that's the game. That's how the game is, you know? So that was just kind of difficult for me at points to be yeah. like, oh yeah, that's just how the game is, I guess. Yeah. So here's another topic I want to talk about. Cause this is interesting too. Like, you know, I think throughout our discussion of this game, we've kind of had the same tone where it's like, we both love the game, but we're okay with like criticizing it. And I think it was interesting that when the game first came out, it seemed most people were just like heaping praise upon the game as much as possible. And I said at the time, I was like, this is kind of weird. I think eventually there's going to be some backlash because of just how much praise people are heaping on this game. And I finally started to see people kind of like doing the Elden Ring sucks thing. Um, and one of the, yeah, one of the big criticisms is the bosses. 
uh, which I don't I don't really agree with, but I just kind of want to get your take. Like overall, like what did you think of the bosses in this game? And we can obviously get into like specific like favorites, things we liked. But what did you think of the bosses in this game? Sure, sure. I think overall the bosses were a lot of fun. Um, there's a decent variety of them. Um, they look cool. They had cool, you know, attacks. Um, some of the real like set piece bosses, like I've grown to really like the Radon fight and like stuff like that yeah. is cool. And yeah, sure. Like I, I think I said earlier, like there's some repeats in uh, some of the dungeons. Like um, one that comes to mind, like when I said that was a uh, what is it, Astel the the natural born void or whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. Like. <laughs> When I got to the consecrated snowfield, which was pretty empty, and then I went, I found, I finally found a little dungeon, went through it, and then it was just there again. I was like, huh. I mean, okay. Yeah. But, but also, like, if you skipped the Ronnie quest line, like, you missed out the first time. So, in some ways, good job for putting it in again. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, a few little criticisms like that where it's like, okay, I fought enough weird stone cats like yeah gotcha but every boss that i fought has been pretty cool and even like the big repeat to me which is like market and margot yeah um was super cool yeah like i i didn't know that was coming so like when i went through and he popped out again and did his whole spiel which was a cool spiel um I was actually pretty psyched that he was back. That was that was great. Like Yeah. So overall, I mean, there's been some really fun boss fights in the game, and I think they definitely stand up to the bosses from the previous games. Like, I don't know. Other than repeats, which I've I've seen some criticism of, like, are people like really disappointed in these bosses? Cause I don't, I don't get that. That's, that's the feeling I get from some people, which yeah, I also don't get it at all. I think the bosses in this game are so fucking good, dude. Like I, I love it. Um, like I said, some of the late game bosses I think are just frustrating in a way that's not fun, but for most of the game, it's just like banger after banger. Uh, I think that, yeah, like you said, there is some repetition, but there's always repetition in these games. Like, I think it's very weird to, yeah, that's true. you know, to play this game and be like, why are there repetitive bosses? And it's like, um, have you played any of these? <laughs> like they all do this. Maybe I'm guilty of that in a little, in a little way, but also like, I love the hell out of the Chalice Dungeons and Bloodborne, right. and I wasn't pissed at that, so why would I be pissed at this? Yeah. So, and really, are those the bosses, like, even that Astel repeat boss, like, is that is that really what you're here for? Or are you going to think about how cool Rikard was? Right. Or something like, like, that's... I get some of the criticism. I just gave a little bit of mild criticism, but in the grand scheme of things, it feels kind of reaching to me to be like, well, let me find something that's like really shitty about this game. And it's, it's not there. Yeah. It's not there at all. Yeah. I think like the thing I really liked about the bosses in this game is that they're really fun. 
and they're meant yes they're meant to be fun like i think that there is a tendency within the like souls fandom to like really lionize the original dark souls and it's just like yeah the first time you see a bosh it should just one hit you and crush you and like that happens in this game quite a lot but i don't think that's the point of any of these bosses and like yeah this game has so many mechanics and it has so much freedom for you to go try other things that like the point is that if you get to a boss and he one shots you you leave and you come back 10 hours later like when you enter a boss it should be this like crazy experience that uses a bunch of different mechanics and is like super cool and unique and that's how i felt a lot of these bosses were so like there's definitely a premium put on making them like visually interesting and very cool um and then everything else is just like playing with the different mechanics and yeah it's kind of shocking once you actually start doing that and like trying different things that it's like oh yeah like some of these bosses can be totally different depending on how you play it and even some bosses that seem like impossible are actually kind of breezy and fun if you just like try this different thing i think that might be something that's hard for some hardcore souls people to accept that it's like oh you don't just have to like torture yourself with this game it can just be like fun you know yeah i mean like you said they put respect beans in this there's all these different things like and yeah sometimes the strategy you've been using totally sucks against that boss and it should be fun to try other things and yeah you're correct like all there's a bunch of bosses in here that kind of force you to do that and i enjoyed it so yeah yeah it was cool the other thing too I've, I've harped on this a lot is that i think that the flow of bosses in terms of like difficulty is really important and like i say mm-hmm. i bring this up a lot but like i think that the best from soft games have the same feel as um symphony of the night where like symphony of the night is really weird and unpre- yeah. unpredictable game in terms of boss difficulty because like you'll fight a joke boss followed by a difficult boss followed by a medium boss followed by another joke boss followed by like the hardest boss in the game and that push and pull makes the game super fun and it sucks you in because like you're not just going to every boss gate like well here's the hardest guy in the world who's going to just absolutely like rip my spine out mortal Kombat style or oh this this is going to be easy i can just breeze through this like you never know and like that's what i love about this game and i i think that is there's a lot of intention with that here too because like there's even some bosses like um that i heard people being like oh it's so hard oh my god it's like so hard and then like when i actually got there i was like wait that that actually wasn't that hard what are people what are people talking about you know and there's also just a lot of i think you brought this up there's a lot of variety in like the way a fight works and the way that you're supposed to engage with an enemy, which I really, really liked. Like, I think that, you know, the Renala fight is probably just like the coolest fight maybe in like the whole series, just cause like it has so much visual style. It has so much flair. It has its own weird mechanics, but it also is just like a boss fight. Having done it now twice with two different builds is really interesting too. Cause like when I was a strength build, the fight lasted like, two minutes because i just like i just like bum- oh yeah that yeah i just bum rushed her and she has no defenses and gets like constantly uh like stun locked and then when i went mm-hmm. back as like a dex in 
uh, build is like, oh, this is way harder. And like, I have to like engage with her and like, I'm using spells too. And like, I don't know. It was just like, what a crazy, cool dynamic fight, you know? And I just don't think there's a lot of that in other FromSoft games. Like even the ones that people love, it's like, mm, it's all kind of a big guy that like punches you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the Renal fight, like I really enjoyed that one. Um, I was a index build and it was not a breeze uh, a few times before I got it. But like I found myself like just putting summon signs down outside of it because it was just like a fun thing to do as a summon. Right. And yeah, it's I, I really like that one. I'm trying to think of ones where like I really didn't like it. Um, yeah, I think the only, I mean, really the, what's going yeah. the, the big one I was going to say is like the very last boss, like the last phase of the last boss where it's just like a big magic, gotcha. the big magic dinosaur. I didn't like that. And I think it's really shitty to like strength builds. The only other thing, the big criticism, and this isn't, I mean, it's just a thing I've never experienced because this is the first FromSoft game that I've played on release. And I expected some stuff like this, but I will say that, like, the patching and changing of bosses was kind of gnar in this game. So, like, the two big ones being Radon and, um, is it Mikola or Melenia? Yeah. Um, Melania. Yeah. Melania and Radon both got kind of like ruined by patches. Cause like, like, so when I started mm. trying, I started trying Radon and I think I was later in the game than you were. And it wasn't like as difficult as it was for some people. Cause you can fight him really early. Like you encounter that pretty early in the game, the, yes, the Island or whatever. Um, and like, that's such a cool thing that will like keep, with all the like ghosts and, and then you get to go fight Radon. Like that's so cool. Oh, the festival. Yeah. The festival. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Like he loves fighting so much and his brain doesn't work. Yeah. Let's have a party and just, and just kill him. Yeah. Like great time. Have yeah, fun. For sure, dude. It's so sick. It reminded me of, uh, of like the beginning of Chrono Trigger, which means that Radon is Gato, the singing cat, which is, you know, awesome. Right. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, like when I first started fighting Radon, he was like super crazy difficult. And then I came back later and it was that like, it was after the first patch, but before the second patch when he was really easy. And like, I kind of just cheesed Radon like no problem. And I was like, damn, maybe I'm like so good at FromSoft games. <laughs> and then they dropped the you next. Got, you got good. Man. Yeah, I did it, dude. I got good. Uh, but like it was just funny because then they dropped the next patch and then everyone was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking hard. And it was like the day after I beat him. And I was like, oh, whoops. But with uh, Melenia, I had the opposite thing where like I started fighting her and, and she's super hard boss. Right. But I was like getting really close. Like I was like getting very close to beating her. And then they dropped a patch that lets her heal like whenever she wants. And I just suddenly couldn't do any damage to her. Like I would do a bunch of damage and she would just mm -hmm. heal right away. And I was just like, well, this is clearly broken. And I just gave up and I didn't bother fighting her. Cause like, I was like, I'm going to beat the game in the next couple of days and I'm, I'm not going to wait for this patch, you know? Um, so that, that was a thing that I felt frustrating, but I thought the design of both of those bosses was amazing. Like Radon in particular is like so weird. 
Like, what the fuck? The whole it's th- awesome. Yeah. Like, I went through the little... Por- I remember the first time. Like, I went through the little portal. He's, like, up on the hill. And he one-shotted me immediately. Yep, like, same. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, and eventually I kind of got to him and everything. And, like, yeah, the summoning aspect of it, the giant battlefield, his second... Fa- like, it's so fun. Yeah. I can't wait to... I can't wait to festival with him again. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so cool because, once again, it's, like these really strange experimental fights that really let you play it how you want to play it they let you mess with the mechanics and all that kind of thing and i think that that is just so cool because like in older games you never would have seen a fight like radon and for people who haven't done it yet um it's basically a fight where there's a huge super powerful boss on a tiny horse (laughs) Uh, who uses gravity magic. Shout out Leonard the horse. Yeah, shout out Leonard. Uh, And there's a bunch of summon signs everywhere, and it's like NPCs that you've met on your journey, right? Because I feel like I had more the second time I went. Or is it just people who are at the festival? I think think there's a base, but like I, my understanding is like if you don't meet Alexander the giant pot, um, he, like in wherever that is, Lingrave, wherever, wherever. He doesn't show up at the castle, but, like, there's a set number that do. Yeah. So, you, like, the more people you meet, the more the more festival friends you have to uh, try and take him down. Yeah, and it's so cool because, like, it becomes this game of, like, summoning people, trying to get in an advantageous position to summon them and not get sh- one-shotted, uh, and then kind of riding around, and you feel like a general where you're, like, commanding a little army. Especially, like, if, if you go back later, once you have met a lot more NPCs, uh, then, like, you have, like, I think I had, like, 10 summons or something. <clears throat> and they don't all just like constantly respawn they'll like die and then there's like a respawn time and then it pops up somewhere else on the map so you have to like run around and find it yeah and so like it was cool because that's how i did it like i played it like a strategy game it was like i was playing ogre battle except i was also on the battlefield and i could die at any time uh which was super fun and then like i went up and did like the last couple like finishing blows you know but you can also like play it more like dynasty warriors where you just like run up into the heat of battle and you have some people helping you but it's mostly just you and the the enemy you know some of them die right away some of them uh run away immediately uh which i thought was funny um yeah but then there's like the one like did you find the summon that heals the other summons yes yeah like I missed that one like a few times, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's someone else." Here. Like that's cool. Or like, there's one more that shows up after he hits the second phase, and it's yeah, it's just all these little fun discoveries in this massive arena with this very crazy boss. Yeah, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, and I think now that I'm thinking about it, actually, the the Chrono Trigger comparison is really apt because like something like that is like the type of weird optional gimmick boss fight that you would find in chrono trigger and chrono trigger is like the best you know it's one of the best games ever it's one of my favorite games ever and i think what makes chrono trigger so much more fun and so much more magical than like 
a lot of other RPGs at that time was that there was all this like cool, fun, weird stuff to find. There were all these experiences that took you out of like the standard mechanical game loop and made you think differently and play differently. And that's something that Elden Ring is full of. And I think it's like such a strength um in this game it just it keeps you interested it keeps you engaged and i think that's really really important in a game like this that is so long and that can be so punishing that there's still all this cool fun stuff for you to find you know sure i agree 100 yeah for sure and yeah it was it's i mean it's it's like people were like is this game gonna be easy like hell no yeah but like we kind of said in the earliest step in the uh, first episode we did on this, like, Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's really beating your ass. Turn the horse around and go another direction and you'll find something awesome, like pretty quick that will like totally be fun. So, right. I think the, the formula here of open world, dark souls, um, big success. I hope they, uh, hope they do something like this next time. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I think it's, I think it's really great. There's, there's just so much cool stuff to find. Like even in some of the areas that I just didn't even bother with. So I was like, I don't want to do this right now. It was still cool just to find them or like the whole underground area is so strange. Like there honestly isn't as much down there as I expected, but it's just because there isn't like a dungeon or there isn't like some huge, boss really you know but just like the experience of running around underground and seeing this whole underground society with weird like singing viking monsters and shit it was so fucking cool like that was great um yeah everything in the underground was awesome i'm not i'm not okay maybe i won't extend that to the lake of rot which is the worst poison swamp they've ever put in this game i hated it yeah um but everything else like yeah super cool um did you do did you fight moog in the uh palace of blood um no that was the one dungeon that i didn't do i still need to do that damn is that did i fuck up (laughs) i would do it on the second time um okay i don't know if this is a common opinion i thought moog was one of the most fun boss fights in the whole game okay because there's this really fucked up mechanic that it does that makes it very difficult um at least for me and i guess some other people that you have to kind of balance out certain items that you have and and ways to kind of deal with him but his moveset was great he does this weird thing um i would definitely go back and do that because it's it's a fun spot so i think i think for the underground like that is kind of the big dungeon because even the area going up to it is it on the level of Stormvale or the other no but it's very difficult and pretty damn fun um I would go back okay for sure cool good to know yeah that that's i wanted to leave a little bit for my second play and i think that was the old i mean there's a lot of quest lines i didn't do but that was the only dungeon i didn't do and it was really just because like i went to the entrance and i was like god this is such a pain in the ass and i was just kind of like i don't really want to do this as this build 
like and even now like I could probably even go do it now in my second play just because like I have some area of effect spells and it's like oh even that would just make it like so much easier to get in there you know um but yeah I did fight there's like the boss in the sewer that I guess is a copy of Moog's first phase is that yes yeah I fought that guy um kind of yeah um okay so in terms of repeated boss I kind of forgot about that one um not that fun um it doesn't do the thing that Moog does and it's like I don't know why that's there but you know kind of fun whatever um but Moog does this uh thing with your health that uh i think frustrates a lot of people but makes it really kind of fun to play okay yeah well i'm excited to check that out it's yeah it seems cool i just like i got there and i was just like bro (laughs) bro no (laughs) Uh, today yeah yeah and like i said i was like i should leave something because like yeah i didn't well i did the whole like halig tree dungeon and then i didn't beat melenia because i was like i'm gonna wait for this to get patched so i need to beat her and then i need to do the whole moog thing and so that'll be fun for me to do on on my second play and yeah once again i think that's a a really great piece of design that there's so much optional content yeah did you do volcano manor yes yeah okay yeah i really enjoyed volcano manor if you did not do Volcano Manor and you're listening to this, I highly recommend it. Um, I would say there's kind of two boss fights involved there that were some of the most fun in the game for me. Yeah. Um, the big one and then the last contract guy who is kind of the bloody crow of Kanehurst of this game. Yeah. He's like an NPC that might as well just be a full full boss. Um, highly recommend it if you haven't done it. Um, I know it's, I know the whole thing is a meme at this point, but, uh, do the meme. It's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. Volcano Manor was super cool. Another thing that's like really weird, unexpected. I mean, start to finish weird, right? Cause like basically you show up and you become, yeah, like a hitman and you're given targets to go kill and you do this whole thing. And at the end you go down and fight like the devil. I think that thing is the devil. Um, I sure. I, I don't think it is in terms of like gameplay, but yeah, it might as well be like, sure. But, but I mean, it's just like, it's a big snake that talks in a really scary voice and he doesn't talk like anybody else in the game. He's way more biblical. No, he does not. And he's scary. And I was like, I think that's the devil. <laughs> like i think that's literally satan uh and it was scary and weird and cool and like yeah that's another thing in this game you're just like what the fuck what the fuck is this this whole thing start to finish is fucking weird even when you go in if you like join their covenant i think that's how you start doing the missions like everyone in there is like uh dude (laughs) you shouldn't do this this is like a thing for bad people to do are you a bad person (laughs) and i was like whoa this is insane like this is not what you expect to see in a fromsoft game but also, like, the person telling you that is, like, patches. So yeah. you're like, oh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. Plus, it seems to be, like, in terms of, like, lore stuff, it's it's 
you know, against the big tree, which I think the big tree is not as great as a lot of people put make it out to be. So you're like, oh yeah, maybe maybe I'm gonna take down the tree together with this guy. Yeah, and then yeah, you get because I think it's it's supposed to be like Radon's brother who fed himself to the devil, right? And got really and got really cool as a result. <laughs> and uh, so. Um, Shout out, shout out to that. Oh shit, he's way too cool now. Fuck. Oh, damn it. God damn it. He's way too cool. Listen to his voice. God. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Riker, Riker you're so cool. <laughs> you really are. Um, but uh, yeah, very fun fight. An improvement in terms of a mechanic from a fight from Dark Souls 3, in my opinion. Because you have yeah. to, it's it's another one of the there's a weapon there that you have to kind of grab and use against him. I don't think you have to, but it certainly helps. You kind of have. And, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm sure there's like somebody out there who's like, I beat it with like the board I found. And it's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I found the I found the sacrilegious two by four and it worked just fine. Get good. Like, yeah. Okay, (laughs) fine. But, um, yeah, the weapon is cool and, uh, the fight's awesome. That, cutscene is amazing and uh easy like something you can definitely miss so yes play the game again fight the devil uh have a good time yeah for sure well this is another this is a good segue into a topic uh i want to hit here which is um the story in this game is so good and it's so good because the writing is so fucking good and like that's something that I've been hot and cold with in this series. Like some games have really good story stuff and really great writing. Others like don't. And instead it's like the game using environmental storytelling. Like I would say that's, you know, dark souls, like one doesn't really have any good writing in it, but it has cool environmental stuff. Dark souls two has some really cool story stuff and some really cool environmental stuff, which is why it's like my favorite in this regard. And you know, dark souls three is a nice balance where it mostly is like telling you the story of this dying world. But that story is, is mostly done through environmental stuff, but it's just like very well conceived and very well, uh, you know, uh, written, you know? And I think in this game, they really lean into the like cool dialogue cool story beats like really interesting things happen people say things that are of interest and i think like yeah the the boss fight yeah with reichardt is like a great example where it's like it doesn't really tie into the larger story in a super meaningful way but it's just like so good that you're just like hell yeah and it's just like a weird little diversion you know that just is so good yeah and i mean like you go to the manor, it looks very different than most of the places you go. Uh, maybe some spots in the capital. Right. And it's all these paintings of this one guy. And like, there's a fo- there's a painting of Don in there and like a few other things. It's like, oh, that's cool. And it's like, yeah, you get to meet the Lord. Like, oh, we're going to grow in power. And then you see what happens to the people that grow in power. And he says the thing. And it's like, okay. That's a that's a great twist. That's super cool, and yeah, I agree. Um, I think maybe an open world game like this needs more than 
like uh, writing and dialogue and beats than say a Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, and shout out to FromSoft and yes, shout out to George R. R. Martin for uh, whatever he did. Um, yeah. For doing that here. Um, if anything, for making my experience better and also um, curbing a lot of annoying online discourse of like, I don't understand this. Well, didn't you go to like the third stump under the bridge in wherever town and see the like charred corpse there that tells you what half of this means? You fucking idiot. Like <laughs> there's a good balance of that and um, more traditional game storytelling that I thought worked really well. Yeah. So I'm in full agreement. Um, shout out to everyone involved with this. It was very fun. Yeah, for sure. And like, so I wanted to talk about this because I referenced it in the first episode, but it was spoiler free. So I'll talk about it now. Mm-hmm. This game has one of my favorite story moments in the whole series that I compared to the reveal at the end of Dark Souls 2, which is where uh, when you find the the keep that you've been what is it called shit god damn it now i have to look it up <laughs> fuck the thing you warp to all the time to go you're like oh round table hole oh yes yes yeah so when, when you find the round you mean like when you find it in, when you find it in the capital yeah so when you're exploring the royal capital yeah you find the round table hold and it's like the actual one. Cause you've been warping to this kind of like spectral version with these people in it who you're not sure if they're alive or dead or what they are. And like, they say they're tarnished cause they're like, Oh, we're tarnished. You're <laughs> one of us. But then you find the real one and it's like, Oh, these people are all dead and they've been dead for like hundreds of years. And I've been going to this like, memory version of it and then you find the real place and it's just empty and this sad music is playing that just like fucking blew my mind and it was so much like in dark souls 2 when you realize that like yeah the king is essentially just a zombie he's been a walking corpse for hundreds of years your whole quest has been to find him and become a dead king like you're gonna sacrifice yourself because the wheel of pain must continue to turn and it's like it's one of those things where it's like if you just say it like that it's like oh whatever but then like you actually like play it and you experience it with the framing and everything and it's like holy shit that was like the sickest like story moment in any of these games really i mean they do it in bloodborne too um and i thought that was cool uh but this one is far more obvious and yeah, I don't know if I came to the conclusion that everyone is dead, but it sure as shit was cool to find that. Yeah, big fan of that. Right. Yeah, and like I, I think the thing I really like in these games is that theme of like dead and dying worlds. Uh and I really love that and I love it when they really explicitly explore that or like kind of use that to like get some sort of like emotional response from the player. And yeah, I mean, I think they should do it in every one of their games, the games where they do it. I'm, I'm way more into than the games where they don't, you know, it's like dark souls one versus dark souls three. Like in dark souls one, it's just like kooky. This place is kooky as hell. And in dark souls three, it's like, Oh my God, dude, yeah. this place is literally falling apart. And that's so much cooler. There's moments like that throughout this whole game. Like if you do the, the Ranny, 
quest line it starts off kind of just kooky and then it gets more and more intense and then eventually it's like oh my god you're like murdering people who used to be friends and like just gets really insane and then the ending you get if you do that quest and you like uh i don't know push the ranny button at the end of the game or whatever uh is really cool yes. like it's it's very short like all the ending cutscenes these games it's not anything wild but then like you think mm-hmm. about it and you're like wait did i just uh agree to let an evil witch destroy the world question mark and it's like oh yeah i did do that that is fucking metal is she evil after all is it i don't know yeah yeah it's metal as hell oh very much so um arguably one of the most metal of the endings um yeah because i've seen a few of the endings and some of them are pretty pretty fucked up and uh i think that's one of the cooler ones yeah for sure and it's just like you know that's just a cool thing where like it's a collection of very small moments throughout the whole game and it like builds to this very cool ending and it never has to get really cutsceney it never has to get drawn out or have tons of dialogue uh it's just it works because of pacing and because of them just building up that story and i think that's really really cool that's just i think that's why i keep coming back to this game it's like all my favorite things about these games they do it here and they do it the best they've ever done it like the storytelling the story the lore is all just like fucking amazing the mechanics are all rock solid the bosses are fun there's a ton of variety there's this new open world thing and it's super fun it's like man like how the fuck are you gonna say that this isn't just like the best one like that's just like wild to me you know it's pretty damn good once i finish it we'll see how i feel but i can't imagine i'm gonna have like a big heel turn at the end of this and be like this this shit sucked like everything was fun until i got in the steel cage with the like second to last boss and now i hate everything about this like no it's cool yeah (laughs) so very excited to uh to deal with all of that okay well here's the last thing i want to talk about today because i think we've kind of transitioned into it pretty well here uh where in the series in the the kind of Soulsborne series would you rank this one uh you know it doesn't have to be exact but like roughly like how do you how do you feel and i know yeah like you said you still need to beat the last like couple bosses but how are you feeling about it how am i feeling <laughs> my initial impression is that i want to put bloodborne at the top uh-huh. and put this or this either right behind it yeah you know what i am uh bloodborne <laughs> is at the top and uh elden ring is a very close second um yeah i have to think a little bit more about that but that's my initial impression because i think everything in bloodborne worked so damn well and I, I don't know. Like, it almost seems weird to throw the open world one in with the rest. But maybe it was just like all of the lore, the weapon mechanics, a lot of the bosses in Bloodborne just like stood out to me so much. Yeah. Um, but this one, it, we'll see how I feel at the end. But I'm going to put it like very close second to Bloodborne in the list yeah what about you yeah i think it's like it's top three for sure 
and I think it's my, definitely top three. It's I I really can't imagine it not being top three, and I've seen some people put it like beneath that and i'm like dude you are tripping bro because like that is not real it's definitely definitely tripping yeah you're you're tripping so fucking hard dude uh it's definitely top three i think my instinct is just to put it at one because it's just like it's the best one they did all the things like i agree that i think and this is something I've talked about before too is like I, I have a hard time with ranking things sometimes where it's like I frequently don't know whether to pick my favorite or the one I think is the best um, like <laughs> Bloodborne is a insanely good game uh, Dark Souls 2 I love but I feel like this game takes the best parts of Dark Souls 2 which is like the deep mechanic stuff and the best parts of Bloodborne, which is just being really fun and having crazy good visual design. And then you have this game <laughs> and it has all those things. And it has like the story moments from two that I love and the mechanics from two that I love. And then it's like fun and breezy to play like Bloodborne and then has really scary, like deep horror stuff in it too. And so it's like, well, shit, like how do how is it not the best one you know so i think i'd say probably one or two same thing um that's fair i think for me because i think i've mentioned it earlier like my thing with open world games um bloodborne's just a bit tighter like you can like I, i've and throughout this episode i've been like yeah you can go do other shit it's great um right. but i think just the more constrained gameplay of Bloodborne, I guess for me personally, um, works better. But I'm not going to argue against anything you just said about Elden Ring. I mean... Yeah. And plus, I mean, how many years have been have people been like hyping this thing? It's like, is it actually going to happen? Is it coming out? It was like kind of a meme at one point. I, don't, I think it was before you kind of did your turn on on FromSoft. Like, people were just, like, making this as, like, an unattainable joke. And they fucking did it. Like, it came out, and people was like, oh, shit, like, this is crazy. And then, like, the network test dropped. And people were like, this is fucking crazy, but I they can't do this the whole time, can they? And then they did. And, I mean, regardless, I think in terms of... In terms of the rankings, yeah, if you're not putting this in your at least your top three, you're um I I, I don't know. You yeah, you're tripping. Yeah, um that's it. But yeah, I think I think it may come down to kind of like a personal top three, but you need to Yeah. Two of that three should be the two games that I mentioned. Um Yeah. Maybe well, because I'm a I'm a I'm a voice on a podcast saying so, I don't know. Um pop in the Discord and yell at me for that but yeah i think it's hard to say that those two do not belong in the top three and you're out of your fucking mind if uh you don't put them there well yeah that's the funny thing i felt like with with bloodborne the you know not that everybody agrees on it or everybody loves bloodborne the most but it's like it seems like most people agree that bloodborne is the best one just because it's like at the time it was the best one like the mechanics were dialed in it was the most fun to play it had the coolest bosses in design and so it's like well it seems weird that people aren't you know feeling that same way about Elden Ring you know like if you're gonna just put Bloodborne above like 
the Dark Souls games, you know, like the ones that are on the marquee, like then it's sure. like, yeah, do the same with Elden Ring, dude, because it's better. It is better. Just like and like I love Dark Souls 2. I love Dark Souls 3, but it's like, dude, Elden Ring is just like such a such a game. What a game, <laughs> you know? I'm going to, I'm going to put it above, I'm going to put it above the dark souls yeah. for sure. Um, like that's yeah. totally fair to do. I wonder if some of the backlash or like people not putting it there has to do with just the insane yeah. hype cycle that it, that it had. Cause like, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but bloodborne like did not have years of speculation and hype and all of the stuff. It just kind of like, it's to me, and I could be very wrong on this. It just seemed to kind of drop, and everyone was like, yeah. "Oh fuck, this is amazing!" And when you have years of dreaming of like how perfect this thing is going to be, and it actually hits it, like there's all those things that you thought of that didn't quite get there, or you know, it it's Dark Souls is not in the name of this game, and when there's so much online discussion and everything about this, and I mean, that's everything like, look at like prestige of what you want to call prestige TV that comes out right. or like any, you know, big nostalgia media property that comes out. Um, there's all of that build and all of that online chatter and talk and people get let down. They still keep coming back to it, but they get let down. Yeah. And I wonder if some of the actually this game sucks when I think about it stuff is tied to that. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm clearly just rambling that out, but I think it's definitely there with, with some people. No, I think, I think that's a hundred percent. And like, yeah, comparing bloodborne bloodborne's release to Elden rings release, like even if there were people looking forward to it and there was pre-release hype, which yeah, like I wasn't paying attention at that time. So I have no idea. Um, you just have to consider like, what is, what is the status and prestige of FromSoft then versus now? Like way different, you know, like what people expected from that company and what people thought of that company, like in 2013, which is, I think when Bloodborne came out, they're a big deal, but, there's still a cult concern 2022. They're one of the biggest companies in video games, making some of the most popular games in the world. Like that's a very, very yes. different ecosystem, you know? And I feel too, that like the Elden ring thing, I wonder if some of it too, is that it's just not called dark souls four. If it was called dark souls four, people would be like losing their minds even more. And I think that the more hardcore people might be like, Oh yeah, this is, this is what we wanted. Um, and instead, because it's something different, there's always going to be at least some element of the audience. That's just like, well, it's, it's not really what I wanted, you know? And it's cause I, I think dark souls remastered is the greatest game of all time or, or no, sorry, the original one. Cause remastered, they fucked it up. Uh, you know, the blight town runs at 60 FPS now. And that's, that's, we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the demo is better syndrome applied to this, and it just doesn't. It just like shut the fuck up. This thing's amazing. For people who don't know what that is, that's a common trope in music where artists always like their demos better <laughs> than the albums, and their most hardcore fans have decided to adopt that mentality as well. So whenever like a deluxe version of an album drops and there's demos, people are just like, "Man, the demo is so much better." <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like- <laughs> 
Great explanation. Yes. Yeah. I've generally not understood that feeling, but like, you know, yeah, it's so true where it's like, yeah, people, people definitely have the demos better syndrome with FromSoft stuff sometimes, but I mean, I'm just happy that FromSoft is just, it seems like they're the type of company that just does what they're going to do. And like, they listen to feedback (laughs) about stuff that needs to be like patched. But other than that, it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like (laughs) you're going to buy the next game anyway, dude, shut up. Yes. Let's just uh, let's just say uh, thank you, thank you, FromSoft. Thank you, FromSoft. Um, I'm glad to see them, because I mean, like, look at all the like acclaim this one's gotten. Like, it seems like more than any of the other games. And if this means more like amazing stuff like this, like, hell yeah, I'm I'm yeah. buying the ticket. I'm taking the ride. Looking forward to the future on that. Yeah, let's fucking go. Let's let fucking fucking go.